Boxbox Boxy Aussie F1 podcast. In this week's episode, we recap all the talking points of the 2019 Spanish Grand Prix. Can Ferrari break the 2019 hoodoo? Or will the Silver Arrows continue with their record-breaking form? The boys also share some ideas on how to spice up the F1 action. So make yourself comfortable, grab yourself a shoe of your favourite beverage, and enjoy the ride. Well, welcome, boys, to our first ever. Um, how should we describe this, boys? It's a, it's a. We're not at home. We're we're doing this via Skype. So, welcome, boys, to the uh, the podcast, the Box 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 Aussie F One podcast. It's me, Izzy, really up in Surface Paradise. Um, that's the reason why we're doing this um, <laughs> uh, by Skype. But yeah, welcome to the show, boys. Um, Daniel, how are you, mate? Welcome to the Ma- show. Thank you very much, mate. I, I'm I'm doing well now, mate. But I had the flu last week, so that that knocked me on my ass for a few days. Um, <laughs> but feeling much better now. So if you start hearing me cough, I apologise in advance. No worries, mate. Mikey, welcome to the show. Thanks, boys. Good to see you. Good to see you, mate. Because of course I can see you, but um, the listeners won't be able to to see us. But it's pretty exciting, this uh, technology. We thought that we might have to um, give it a week off, but hey, that's just how strong the uh, Box 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 team is. We we just punch on, don't we? Keep on keeping on. At least we do. Ferraris have the whole season. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering when it was going to start, and it started. The the title of today's uh, podcast is the Ferrari Roast. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I like it. Oh, they deserve the real it. Punch, the real punchline is it's not a joke. It's not. It's, no. Uh, well, let, mate, I'm going to give you the floor. Let's crack on. Let's let's um, talk about talk about the race. Let's talk about why you um, you feel this way about Ferrari, and and let's go from there. Oh, look, I'm probably over dramatizing it a little bit and uh, probably, you know, a little bit of sour grapes, I guess. But I don't know, the race just for me, I'm sitting here thinking, you know what, I wish I could get my Sunday night back and have gone to bed early. Um, I just, I felt like it was a bit processional. We'll probably touch on it later um, with with all of us. But I don't know, from the Ferrari's perspective, I, I just can't believe the way this season's panning out. I mean, the, the times they set in the winter practice before any of their upgrades and, and really getting to know the car, Leclerc's time was faster in, in winter than it was in qualifying yesterday or wow. on the weekend. It's, yeah, I was, wasn't aware know, of that. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, Lewis was a 116 and Vettel was 116.2 and Leclerc was just a bit behind. And I, I, Leclerc's time was 116.231 in winter testing. I mean, Bottas killed them all and got mid-115, but... That was a cracker of a lap from Bottas. How, how, how have they gone backwards? You know, they've bought an engine upgrade to the, on the straights. They were quicker, but they've lost more time in the corners. Yeah. I just don't get it. They just And then just to really, really compound that misery, the decisions that are coming from, you know, the, the engineers and, and, and the boss at Ferrari, it's just it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, even if they found themselves in a car that could win a race, they'd still stuff it up. They, they, yes. They, you know, the guys, they get them three or four laps, they're stuck behind each other, uh, and then oh, maybe we better let them pass after they've ruined their freaking tyres. 
They're making that call. They're making that call. They're making that call five or six laps too late. Yeah. 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 You know, um, the second stint, Vettel came barreling up behind Leclerc. Oh, who was call. on hard tyres? Who was on got hard tyres? He should have been. Hey, mate, Leclerc, um, Vettel's on his way. Um, get ready. As soon as he comes up behind you, let him pass. Yep. And vice versa, at the beginning of the race, Vettel had a flat spot on his tyre, shaking himself to bits. He's sitting there saying, I want to get off these tyres. Leclerc's sitting oh. on his tail for, for five laps. And let the guy go. Give him a chance to have a crack at the, the front runners. I think they spoiled both their races this, this that race. That whole rubbish about, oh, we don't, we're not going to get out in the right spot. We're not going to get out in the right spot. They ruined his race there. Yeah. Mm. Yep. And then just to compound it, you know, they keep him out on those stupid tyres going slower. We're looking for a gap that was never going to materialise because he wasn't quicker or that much quicker to, to find that gap. And then they stuff up the pit stop with that, that ridiculous, you know, some malfunctioning gun. Yeah, and then they yep. and they managed to do it again to Leclerc. The next pit mm. stop, <laughs> they didn't go. Oh, the gun's folded. Let's swap it out. No, no. Let's, let, let, we'll let's give it there. one more chance. <laughs> <laughs> well, funnily enough, I was reading through the comments, um, you know, through the F1 website and to, through the F1 website today, boys. And um, Mattia Bonotto said that they he thought that they switched the cars out at the right time and. The oh, reason, he's an idiot. The re- his reasoning is that he the reason they switched them at the time that they did was because um, they they were only clearly aware or clearly certain that the car behind was quicker than the one in front at that time. They didn't swap swap them until they were certain that the one behind was quicker. But he's lost absolute control of that team. Mm. Even the, from what I heard, the engineers were arguing amongst themselves um, how, you know, Vettel's team, you know, Vettel's guys were saying, we're on different strategies, let us through. The clerk's guys saying, no, 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 we're racing each other. We're not on different strategies. But one's on a medium tyre, one's on a hard tyre. The hard, you presumably going to the end of the race. The medium, they're probably going to stop again. You are on different strategies. They're just... In the end, Bernardo stepped in, but after what was it, four or five laps, and damage yeah. is done. He, yeah. I'm sorry, but that that guy is way out of his depth there. Mm. That's that's a huge but, call. Oh look, unless you've run a cigarette conglomerate, you can't run Ferrari. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's, man back. let's take a backward step here, guys. Let's back out of Ferrari just for a moment. It was a nice little intro to, to uh, throw a bit of spice, uh, a bit of a bit of um, petrol on the fire. But let's just give a recap of the race. Um, it was a like you boys have both said, it's very processional, but. Let's let's go to start the, though. Yeah, let's, another, let's go. There's another start. silver washover. It was fifth in a row. Fifth, first time ever. Well, anything that they do from now on is going to be the first time ever because yeah. last race four um, silver arrows one twos in a row. First yeah. time ever is the fifth now. So interesting. Um, but uh, you know, at the start we had Valtteri who botched the start due to a, a clutch issue. He was saying that the clutch wasn't biting correctly. So it was biting and then and then releasing. So he wasn't. I don't think his start was that bad. I mean, it wasn't as good as Hamilton's, but I don't mm. think it was as that bad. Where Ham, yeah. um, where Bottas got stuffed over was um, Vettel, and Hamilton squeezed him, and he, all yeah. he had to do is either have a crash or lift out. Yeah, um, and he made the right decision, lift out, take the points in second place. 
It was a yeah. smart decision to make. Well, it was Vettel funny. After, start, after the first, Vettel did have a good start, but then he, you know, went a bit wide uh, on the outside of the corner, came back on, almost collided with Leclerc. They sort of got in each other's way. Um, Bottas, the car control he showed, because the back end stepped out on him. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that was impressive, how he kept that and kept accelerating. That's the, uh, that's that the, was, Scandin- that the Scandinavian coming at him in out in him learning or knowing how to, you know, uh, rally. He was basically yeah, that, rally that was, driving it. Ice that, driving. That was definitely yeah. rally. So, you know, and Vettel at the first corner, he locks up. That that basically ruined his race. Um, he really went the wrong way there. Like three yeah. to one there, never going to happen. Mm. But I don't think he had much choice. He didn't have really – after um, the start, he was sort of stuck behind Bottas thinking that he was going to be able to, you know, somehow secure a second spot or do something. He had to either move behind Hamilton or, or go on the outside. He made the yeah. decision. He could have he could have gone to the inside. But I don't uh, yeah, it's a fifty fifty chance. There, but yeah. I don't know yeah. if I, I in hindsight maybe he should have tucked himself behind Lewis and took Lewis's line through turn one and tried to get the jump on him into turn two. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but then again, a wonderful thing, isn't it? 196k is an hour down the straight there into yeah. the corner. You make a decision, you've got to stick to it. That's it. Now, continuing on with the Silver Arrows, boys, Lewis didn't put a foot wrong for that race. He, he no. drove impeccably, um, supremely. I think, you know, he he um, didn't put a foot wrong and... and Thoroughly deserved the win, I think. He, he um, he, he won the race by f- risk. Mm. Oh. He won the race by four seconds against Bottas, and you know, seven point six seconds from his nearest next rival, which was um, well, Stappen. You got a, there was a safety car. Don't forget the safety car. Yeah. Well, absolutely, but that that was after the safety car. So that's I mean, mm. that just goes to show how good a driver drive that he had. They had enough room to go for a pit stop and, and still be first and second. Really. Yeah, correct. Well, they were, their plan was to go for the one stopper. They were managing their tyres on that first stint, and it got to a point where they started to get deg and um, degradation, and, and they they couldn't maintain that. So they decided to go for a, a two stopper in the end. But, um, oh, Lewis's rear right, I think it was, was delaminating. Yeah. Okay. What go. did you say last Hello. last night, Michael? <laughs> kissed on the. Oh, he, 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 he is. He's, he's kissed on the. You know what? Sometimes that guy, but like he's the way he ran that race. Uh, you know, he he put in the quick laps when he needed to, backed off when he when he needed to. He could conserve, and that's why I said it was Schumacher esque. Like he just yeah. he made it look so easy when he had to perform. He did. Had, you know, he had his hammer time. He had his, you know, just getting the groove time and look after the engine, look after the tires. I mean, he he is the complete package. I dislike him immensely, but it's really hard to dislike someone with so much talent. Now, I'm just going to throw something at you, boys. Today, there were two NBA final um, conference finals uh, or semi-finals, sorry. And uh, I'm not sure if you, you guys have seen on Facebook or any of the media. Um, and for anybody who hasn't watched the game, I'm sorry, but I'm going to spoiler alert. Um, the Toronto Raptors and Philadelphia 76ers game 
Um, Kawhi Leonard, um, the, the scores were um, tied, I believe, with um, four seconds to go. Kawhi Leonard, he's known as the claw. He's got the biggest hands uh, in the NBA just about. They're, they're absolutely massive, but he drove the ball down to the corner, took a shot, um, and it, and it bounced on the rim like in those, you know, all of those movies, basketball movies where it bounces on the rim. Bounced in, they won. That was clutch. Lewis Hamilton is clutch. Valtteri Bottas, no clutch. <laughs> <laughs> it took a long time, but I got there, didn't I? I got there. That was yeah, the, the, set, that was the, set that up just very slowly. <laughs> well, um, to our NBA fans out there, hopefully you enjoyed that um, that little piece. But what do you what do you think was um, the the overall theme of the race? Uh, we had some uh, we we didn't we weren't really impressed with the the actual racing, so to speak. It was it was quite a um, let's say boring. It, it wasn't heaps of overtaking at the front throughout the mid. Uh, how how but, funny is it? Let's rewind a month and a half, mm. and we were we were talking about Australia and Bahrain, and gee, is this overtaking too easy? And have we have we ruined F one? Yep. And I I can't believe it. Like fast forward, and we're like, you know, where's where's the action? Where's the it seemed what, like what down happened? on the DRS uh, that front straight? It was no like DRS wasn't really working. Did you Not guys long enough? Yeah. No, it wasn't long enough. Or yeah. Um, there was, yeah, uh, there, there was one driver who I noticed did quite well with the overtakes. Um, he he's going to perhaps uh, feature in our um, little little segment that we do about shoeys and group penalties later on. I'm not going to give too much away, but he's one of the, the Toro Rosso boys. He uh, had a very good race, um, and perhaps once might have been known as the torpedo, <laughs> but. Um, he did have a good race, actually. He was all right. Yeah. Um, so if, if you don't, I might as well let the cat out of the bag. Dan will give you out. <laughs> he, had, he drove a very good race. Um, and he did quite a lot of overtakes. There was one that he went around the outside of uh, Raikkonen. Can you see that one? Was the Raikkonen or was it? Well, he went around. He did one on, on he, the cars as well. Yeah. Um, I think Magnuson. Mate, or Magnuson, yep. Um, overtook um, Ricardo as well, he, and and um, yeah, it was unlucky not to um, didn't reverse into him just to get him payback mm. for the last week. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Overtake, reverse, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The two Toro Rosso boys did quite well. Um, Albon did quite well as well. He's he's impressing he, me, boys. He is. He's good. He ended up in tenth, didn't he, Albon? Oh, uh, just eleventh, uh, eleventh, yeah, eleventh, yeah, eleventh, right. yeah. Um, what about the other Honda-powered team boys, the Red Bulls? What do we do we make of there? How, how how good was Verstappen's drive? Like, he drove the wheels off that thing. It was very mm-hmm. clean. Wasn't it? Is he maturing, boys? Is he is he at the point where he's you know he's he's, he's, he's maturing, mm. definitely he's, maturing. Yeah. He, he's certainly come a long way. He's yeah. and I've said along he's a world champion and he will be a world champion. Yep. He just needed to lose that the kid in him. The the I rush, I need to get to the front, I need to get to the front straight away, rather than letting the race unfold in front of him. 
and picking his points and making his decision very much like Hamilton does, you know, very calculated. Do you feel like now he's – Red Bull don't like to call them one too, but do you feel like now that he is clearly the number one driver, he he feels like he doesn't have as much to prove and he's not absolutely sending it where he shouldn't send it? Absolutely. That is entirely possible. It, It is all about a mindset when it comes to these sorts of things, I think. And his mindset has changed, and you can see mm. that it's changed. And I think it started changes of Monaco, uh, Monaco last year. You know, yeah, he came unstuck during uh, quali session. Yeah, um, he started to improve basically since then. He started to maturing and just adjust his driving style fractionally. Here's a fact for you boys. I picked this one up off the net earlier today. So uh, Max Verstappen has not finished lower than the grid spot that he started since Hungary last year. That's 14 races ago. So, yeah. He's I, improved. I same that, that is incredible. That yeah. is, um, that's pretty amazing. So that's, um, yeah, ne- mm. nearly 12 months. Um, How did he manage to get all those Renault engines to the end of the race? Because <laughs> 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 he didn't have the Jinx one that they gave Daniel. Oh, yeah. He he didn't get the Mark Webber spec. <laughs> no, no, he didn't. <laughs> Love the old Mark okay. Webber spec. Oh man! But whilst we're on Mark Webber, I've nearly finished his book. I've had it for ages. I just find it really painful to to read. I think it's called um, uh, Aussie Grit. Um, Man, I love Weber, as you boys know, but that, that book has taken me so long to read just because of the things that happened to him in his career um, and, you know, the, the, the favouritism that went to Seb um, for most of the, you know, all out of Mark's words. Um, yeah, it's just frustrating. But um, looks like uh, the Weber um, curse is, is back perhaps. Guys, let's... Um, Let's talk about. Do, do you want to go back to Ferrari? Let's let's tidy up the where we started. So we, this this show has been a little bit all over the place. I know that perhaps that's what happens when we're uh, not in the same room together. But different time zones. <laughs> different time zones. Exactly. I'm half an hour ahead, but sometimes I feel like I'm behind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Ferrari battle. Now, let, let's let's think. Uh, are they are they is it too early for them to call and make these team orders still, or do we think Charles Leclerc is or Charlie Clerk? How how they say it, Charlie Clerk? Do we, Charles. Do, do we think that he's he's going to give Seb a run for his money still? Yeah. <sighs> Absolutely. Yeah, look, yep, me too. Mike, it's, you it's, it's not right? it's not even a thing of team orders and having a number one and a number two driver. Like we saw yesterday, different points in the race. Um, you know, Seb was quicker or Charles was quicker. Yeah, they're both look. They're both quick. They're both doing a good job with the car. Um, their times are pretty even. But it's funny with these guys. There's always one of them that's hot and one of them that's not. They're never at the same time. They're not usually doing the same thing. I don't know why isn't, that is. But isn't that just, funny? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And and where they're getting it really wrong is if you got one guy a lot quicker than the other guy, whether it's uh, um, strategy, tyre choice, whatever it is, just get one of them out of the way. 
Because all you're doing is compromising both of them. Yeah. And typically all the other teams, they do that. You know, if if the they're on a different strategy, like, you know, if the Mercs are on a different strategy, if, you know, one's going long, one's going um, for a two-stopper, for example, they'll, they'll let each other pass. They're, they're much more professional about it. It just seems like the Ferrari team just don't have that same polish. I was listening to some of the team radios today and Ferrari. It didn't seem like Leclerc's engineer knew what Vettel's engineer was doing. They, they seem to be not aware that they're on different strategies at points and therefore not making the decisions. There seems yeah. to be a lack of communication in the background yeah. between, you know, the engineers. And that's it's almost like Mercedes a, is beating them all the time. I feel like there's a line in the sand of Ferrari, like they're, they're sort of an internal war. Yep. The, the guys are just, yeah, the, the teams are pitted against each other. It doesn't seem very unified at all. Um, and it's bad. Mm. And then, you know what? If they found themselves, I said it before, if they found themselves in a position where they could actually win a race, they would somehow manage to stuff it up because they've the, the communication's not there. Not everyone's reading from the same script and on the same page. It, it's bad. And as a, as a fan, oh, it just really drives me up the freaking wall. So at this point, Mikey, let, let me put this to you, mate. As a true red-blooded um, Ferrari fan, yeah. Do you think that Ferrari – let me put it this way. Do you think a Ferrari driver – I'll put two questions to you. Will a Ferrari driver beat Max Verstappen this year, number one? And number two, will Ferrari be able to beat Red Bull for second spot in the championship? Because we, we know that then neither of them are going to get first spot. Ferrari will beat Red Bull. Ferrari will beat uh, Red Bull. Yeah, oh, they'll beat Red okay. Bull. Okay. That's a big call. Do you we'll, think either of them can I, top Max? Yes. Okay. Long season. You're you're calling it a long season from here. Look, they haven't they haven't geared up yet. I think we're going to come to some tracks that will lend itself well to the power advantage to the Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's you know those types of tracks they'll they'll be ahead of the Red Bulls quite comfortably. They seem, no matter what the track is, they seem to be ahead of Gasly anyway. So it's really Max that's, you know, punching above his weight with that car. Yeah. Um, but I, I still think that uh, Seb will probably finish third in the championship and then mm-hmm. maybe Max and then Charles. Well, at the moment, let's just run down the championship leaders, guys. So you got Lewis on 112 points, Valtteri on 105, Max is on 66, Seb Vettel on 64, then you've got Charlie Clerk on 57, and then way down in sixth spot, you've got Pierre Gasly on 21. So he's only got a third of the points of um, of Charlie Clerk. So um, it seems like I, I, my opinion is, is that I think Max is actually going to beat both Seb and Pierre. Um, I don't know if... If um, Red Bull will beat Ferrari, because I, I, I don't really rate Pierre's um, chances of, of scoring heaps more points than, than Charlie Clerk or something, trying to pull himself out of the where he is now mm. and, and consistently being the Ferrari boys, probably not. The, the ironic thing is, guys, I think at this point of, of the season, you've got a soft drink manufacturer who is just showing themselves to be a lot more professional in the way that they deal with things than, you know, a, a, 
a racing racing car team that's been around for nearly a hundred years. It's just, it's, it's frustrating. It must be a massively frustrating thing as a Ferrari fan. So, oh, it is. Hope, so things will have to change. I mean, the promise that they showed in pre-season and what's happening now, the, the Italian media will turn on the team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And they're fry, surprised they're not frying him already. They will cut the head off that organization, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's look at some positives, boys. Okay. The McLaren team. We had Carlos Sainz finish quite well. He finished, I think, eighth. Um, eighth. He's never missed out on a points finish in España. And uh, he's he's doing quite well at that McLaren team now that they've got the um, uh, they they got the Renault motor back. <laughs> but isn't isn't that incredible that the um, the McLaren team is actually whooping the the works team of Renault's ass? Like honestly, Renault is nowhere. McLaren is on the way up. Um, yeah. Alonso's gone. That's what's happened. So once Alonso goes out of the team, suddenly the team starts improving. Happened with Ferrari, and now it's happened with McLaren. And then McLa- um, Alonso was the uh, put the kibosh on anybody. Always happens. Oh man, look, I I really rate and respect Alonso. I think that's a harsh call, man. Like, do you? Th- no, you honest, no. Are you are you saying that no, tongue in cheek, or yeah? No, you honestly, it's a, think that's he true? has a curse about him. He does. You you look at his his career, and every time he, he gets into the Ferrari team, all of a sudden they're not doing as well as they were before. It's not anything to do with Alonso's driving ability. He's a fantastic and amazing driver. He's one of the best in the world. But you look at his career, and every time he jumps into another car, that team is shit house. And then it finally begins to improve. He gets out of the team because he's so frustrated with losing. All of a sudden, guess what happens? The team starts improving dramatically again. Crikey. Wow. He, he does. Uh, he, look, there seems to be a pattern. Let's call it a pattern for lack of a better word. <laughs> but where Fernando goes, there seems to be unrest. Yep. He, I think he would. he is a divisive character. Very divisive character, and I think that that's exactly what happens. He can comes in becomes divisive. He gives good technical feedback, but all of a sudden the car, the, the team's so broken up. As soon as he goes, everyone else bandies together because like, oh, Christ Alonso is gone, possibly. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, fellas, <laughs> let's just have a quick chat about um, Hart's team. They had two. Um, two cars finish for the first time um, in the points for 2019. So very good movement there. Uh, we think that the Haas team is going to finish well. They're going to be the best of the rest uh, after the top three teams. Well, they're no. touching on nah, they're getting pretty close, I think. Mm. It's going to be interesting between them, um, McLaren, um, and Racing Point. Is, there's an interesting little battle that's beginning to show up um, in McLaren, the championship. McLaren will be fourth in the constructors. I don't okay. know. It has, has to show some really good that's pace a huge, there. That's a massive call, Mike. 
They're, they're showing some really good uh, – House are showing some good pace, though. They're, they're just struggling with their tyre in the race. Their qualifying pace is really good. They're getting up into Q3 regularly. Yeah. Um, they're just struggling with their, their finishing and uh, and their tyre temperatures, I think, during the race. And that seems to be what a lot of people are suffering from, these these tyres that we're currently running. Mm. One other thing, uh, boys, Daniel Ricciardo. Is it time for him to ditch the helmet? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so he's only had one point finish, and that was um, – uh, where was that, boys? Was that in Baku? That was no. It, no, that was in China. In China, he finished seventh. That's when he had that Brabham helmet, helmet. on. Yep. yep. So look, I'm I'm not really a superstitious guy, but there's some things that you know I do um, have a little bit of superstition about. Do you think Daniel's the type to look into this and go? D- does he take the bull by the horn, so to speak? <laughs> <laughs> I don't and, know if that's the right word to use. No, no. Well, look, it, I think it works. I think, you know, does he take the bull by the horns and just hang on to that helmet um, and, you know, and, and say, if you. I'll be honest, I never liked he, that helmet. It's, okay. a, it's a hideous I, helmet. It's a hideous helmet. I think and, it's and supposed I, to be, isn't it? And I think it's with the statement on the side saying, don't be like them, even though he says it's not about Red Bull, I think it gives the feeling that it's about Red Bull. Mm. And I think that, to me as a fan, I sit there and just go, you know what, no matter what you say about that, I still feel like it's you having a jig at Red Bull, and I don't think that's the right thing to do when you leave an old team. Wow. Yeah, interesting points. Interesting points. Okay. Righto, guys. So the race, we know that it wasn't a cracking race. It was. It was a bit of a... A bit of a Barry Crocker. Um, but let's talk about what we think Liberty Media can do as a or as an organization. We've we've brought this up a few times in the past, guys, about what we think Liberty Media can do to make sure that the racing's more, A, more exciting, B, not as processional, um, and C it just just um, isn't dull. I've got a, a, an idea. Yeah, I thought you might. It's it was completely, out, it is completely outlandish. All right. So, qualifying. Teammates, Valtteri Bottas, Lewis Hamilton. Yes. The faster of the two, so let's say Lewis Hamilton goes out, gets pole position. Bottas starts in 20th position. All right. And so on and so forth down the grid. So then next, next uh, position Let's say Leclerc gets second fastest. Guess where Vettel is? He's in 19th position. So on oh. and so forth. So you end up with the Williams in 10th and 11th. <laughs> this is like similar to, to, you know, the things that like the reverse grid that um, they do in the V8 supercars. It's it's similar to that. It's not exa- obviously it not exactly the same. It's, a, it's a, a, essentially a reverse grid. And so you've got a battle in your teammate, and then it creates this this um, topsy turvy grid, doesn't it? Correct. So you've got all the fast quenchy. guys <laughs> moving through the, the the grid to try to get to the as far up as they can, <laughs> and then well, you, you have teammate. to get points. It's points creative all the way through. So had so points all the way through from first to twentieth. Wow! So every spot you take, you get a point extra. Do you want to put like um, a rubber bumper all the way around the cars as well? 
<laughs> no, this is not the go karts that you hire at the shops, mate. <laughs> Only in Australia could a stupid idea like that come about. <laughs> nowhere, else, nowhere else in the world would you see an idea like that. Uh, that, 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 that is up there. That's, you know, AFL draft. That's, uh, you know, reverse grid in the supercars. Only Australia come up with those stupid participation like ridiculous things. <laughs> Mate, I knew I'd get Michael getting cranking on that one. No, what, hang on. Idea. No, think about it. It'll actually give the faster cars at the back, which gives us the overtaking, catching up to the slow cars. Like Williams will be in the middle of the pack all the time. I mean, it'll only be by like the third lap they'll be at the back, but you know that's that's okay. But lots of overtaking. Um, plenty of you know bingles and touches and all the rest of it because young. No, see, see what, what what's going to happen is you're going to have uh, an A car and a B car and an A driver and a B driver. Yeah, that's what would happen. Absolutely. Right, you'd be it'd, fighting tooth and nail to make sure you didn't end up being in the second. Nah. The second. It would be, it would be right, carnage, right. is what it would be. It would be <laughs> exactly. carnage, and it would be exciting. Uh, <laughs> It is obviously not for the purists of the sport, but um, what they need to do, we've discussed this before, refueling. Refueling. Bring back refueling. Bring back refueling. I totally agree. Yep. Open up the tires to other manufacturers. Yep, that too. Yep. And the other thing, get rid of 90% of the aero. Just piss it off. See you later. Road cars, so... But the problem is you one, do that, the cars are going to be slow. Yeah, they might They might be, Mikey. Yeah, good point. But they need, then they'll need to focus on the mechanical grip. And yep. they'll need... And they'll, uh, I, I think it's come to a point where the aerodynamics of the, of the sport have pushed it to the nth degree. Now it's time to go back to, you know, the pure um, mechanical aspect of the sport and try and make it something better than what it currently is. I'm sure, I'm sure it can do that. You know, may, maybe they're looking at, you know, new differential or not new differentials, new, new transmissions, new, um, uh, who, who knows, maybe new differentials, but you know, maybe new, 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 new ways of steering or, or new ways of, um, you know, um, new suspensions or something. Cost costs money. And that goes against everything they're trying to do. I mean, well, you're quite, if it was, you're up, quite right. if it was up to me, you're right, Izzy. We get rid of a lot of the aerodynamic gains. You concentrate on things that help aid mechanical grip and you you have these crazy, loud, you know, ridiculously powered engines um, which make them go faster. I'm, I'm, I'm totally on board with that. I, that's what I would love to see, but I don't see them going to that. They're, they're in a, Formula One are in this weird spot where they don't know what they are. The fans, yes, I do. think. The, I think the fans, you know, loud, roaring, you know, VAB ten, V twelves. We want that spectacle. Uh, you know, refueling will spice things up, and, and they're trying to say, well, you know, we really need to be hybrid. And where are hybrid right now? It seems like electric is where everyone's going. Yeah, everybody like. Does but anybody we've got a want, formula? We've got. Does a anybody want a, a hybrid Camry? I don't see people rushing out to buy hybrid Camrys. Oh, they do. Oh, you you taking the pits? <laughs> No, I'm not. Mm. I actually saw some statistics the other day, like the the amount of hybrids Toyota do. Um, they do a lot of them, and the Camry is huge on it. The Rav4s have just come out with their their hybrids. Um, mm. The hybrids are extremely popular, and a lot of 
manufacturers are bringing them out. Hyundai is going to have a hybrid coming out in the Ioni, like now. Um, because Hybrids, with the hybrid, we get the range as well as the yeah. um, the power and the torque of the, the, the electric engine. So it is going to. That's the way we're going to go forward in the short term until we get charge rates up long enough. But the thing with Formula One, if we're going electric, well, isn't that what Formula E is? It is. It's exactly right. So, what, and, what and maybe then? they maybe they could learn something from Formula E too. Like last week, I think they were racing around the streets of Paris. Mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. who who wouldn't want to tune in and see the Eiffel Tower in the background at a Formula One race? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Inst- mate. Instead, we tune in and we see the lovely, you know, runoff area and the the stones in <laughs> Barcelona. Well, why not show us? Why not show us the actual backdrop of Barcelona? Why not go through the streets of Barcelona? Yeah, yeah. like who? We we talk about how lovely it was to see Baku and that track and the castle, like how good it was. We're going to Monaco in two weeks' time. Uh, you know, that spectacle, the harbour, the buildings. Mm. I'd love to see more street street races in Formula One. Absolutely. Need to have that. Interesting that you boys bring up the street races because I'm here in Surface Paradise and I've driven a couple of times over the um, the grid spots for which which, what is now the the um, the supercars race. But you know, once upon a time it was the the indie track here. Mm. Um, You know, and and wouldn't it be awesome if maybe another race was in Australia? Would they ever do two? No, probably not. But you know, like Adelaide anyway. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I agree. Totally agree with you boys. More street racing would bring back so much more. Um, let, let me say it, let, sex appeal to, to the sport. Um, you know, it'd be, it'd be sexy racing um, with the you know, beautiful backdrops, Mikey, as you, as you speak of. And, mm. and, and, it, and it's a massive challenge to the drivers other than having, um, you know, all these Herman Tilke um, design tracks that are, that are you know, massive runoffs and and I mean that's the other thing that I'm seeing with a lot of the the, the race tracks. Uh, there's no penalty for going off the track. No. Yeah, you, you slide off. Oh well, no worries. You know I can rejoin again. Mm. I want to see you clip a wall. I want to see you end up in a gravel trap and and slow you down enough that you don't get to restart. You know, come back in on the same spot that you were when you went off. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what turn it was yesterday, but. Uh, yeah, someone they just kept going off and off and off at the same runoff area. Yeah, and he just he'd go around the bollard. This, yeah, around that bollard back on the track, yeah. almost get a better run into the next corner as well. Correct. It was yep. just like, nah, this is this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right, it goes unpunished. It, it, imagine you have a, a, a wall there, mate. They're not going off the track, and if they do, you're out of the race. Correct. Yep. Yeah, I just want to go just, back. Just before we just before we move on, we're just talking about what Liberty Media can do. Okay, all of the stuff they do at the moment is it's all designed around look. Let's keep the cost down, so let's not put money into improving the engines and improving the cars, and just gets out of hand. But I think that's part of the problem. We're they're so fixated on saving money that. You know, the, the teams are trying to get the, make the car better. They have to make the cars better and evolve because that's the nature of it. But the problem is if they get it wrong, the quality of what we see is so bad. Mm. And I think yep. that's part of the problem. If, if they were able to develop 
a couple of different, you know, paths for the car and work out which, you know, this works or that works and whatever. It's like they've got all their eggs in one basket and they sort of, you know, they, they bring these changes and if it doesn't work, it's like, oh, we've done it and we've used an upgrade and we've spent that money and, you know, it is what it is. I think they need to find a way to bring about a bit more parity between the top end of town and the bottom end of town. <laughs> and that's that's not an easy thing to achieve. That that's money and you know, how much the, money they've got to spend and the, the that's whole issue. Form, that's the Formula One Bolshevik revolution, isn't it, Mikey? <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> this goes back to Bernie's days, really. You know, the way he it was all set up and <clears throat> the money, uh, you know, his his company made and all the the fees and the under the table deals, and you're right. The, the teams can miss out on quite a bit of money. But. Well, the divvying up of the the royalties from TV is ridiculous. Like Ferrari get this enormous amount of money because they've been there the longest, um, along with a few of other teams, and it doesn't entice a, a new team to come into it because they don't get any of this money because it, it's just not available to them, mm. and so they don't want to invest in, in Formula One, which is what we need. We need other teams spending money to come into it or other companies to, to buy into Formula One. Absolutely. More manufacturers would help. So, so we don't so we don't just have twenty teams on the track. We have, you know, twenty two, twenty four. Well the ideal is if you had twenty works manufacturers really. That would be mm. cool. Or yeah. you know, Do you- 10, 10, ten works manufacturers. Do we need to be a little bit more open with F one regulations? Encourage, you know, little, little, more little teams. Encourage, um, you know, new ideas. Like right now, we seem to have closed ourselves off. What have we got? We got Mercedes, Ferrari, Renault, and a Honda engine. Why don't we open ourselves up to other tire manufacturers? Why don't we open ourselves up to to other car manufacturers? Why not see if there's little teams that want to come in? I mean. You look at the last time something like that happened was Braun, a little team that did an amazing job and won the title. It was a great story. You yeah. don't see it a lot and you certainly don't see it now. But there's no reason that can't happen. I mean, take the Premier League, right? They, they had their revolution years and years and years ago um, when they changed from you know the English League to the Premier League. The money's put up better, uh, you know, looked after for longer, even when they're, they're relegated and pushed out and that was them sort of come back. But, you know, you've got big, dis- you know, there's a big difference between what the, the top and the bottom clubs get. And somehow they managed to make it work. And yep. that's where F1, maybe it's the, the rules and regulations that sort of suppress growth. Maybe we need to encourage, you know, little teams to come up with great ideas that, you know, might make a difference. Mm. You, you could, yeah, you, you don't want it to get to the point where it's like, um, you know, five or six years, oh, maybe even longer, six or seven years ago, where in MotoGP you had only two or three manufacturers, I think, and uh, you ended up having like your, your um, they split the, the grid into, you know, like you had the, the works teams essentially. So you had three or four works teams. And they were the they were the only teams going for that that championship, 
but you also had like your B spec Moto GP, like your um, you know your, your lower tier, and they they yeah. were part of a second championship within the, you know the same. They were all Moto GP bike, but but I don't think you want to get it to that point, and that's that's the danger of what might happen if you have too many smaller teams and and um, you know not enough not enough uh, competitive. Um, competitiveness in those smaller teams. Mm. But interesting conversation, boys. Let's um, let's wrap that up. It was uh, great to have a bit of a chat, you know, mid-season about what we we think Liberty Media can do. Guys, time for our shoes and grid penalties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for those of you who. Because you can't see this, is is dancing around. It's quite funny. <laughs> hey, just just very quickly. Look, last week I uh, sorry, last fortnight, just after um, Azerbaijan, I put up a survey um, about whether we should change the um, the rules around the shoey and the grid penalty. Yes, Izzy. It appears that Michael and I stand with the box box fan base and don't <laughs> do an FIA mid year cha- rule change. Seventy nine percent said. Keep the rules as they are. Cool. Until I'm next cool with year. that. Next year we can change it up, spice it up a little bit. All right. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead first, boys. I am picking my shoey. It's gonna be Daniel Kvyat. I think he performed exceptionally well. It's almost a little bit of a um, oh, like a oh, encouragement award for him. Like, I just think he. Like, I think he's he's. He's much better than what he's shown in the past, and I think it's encouraging that he's done so well. And had he not um, had that mishap in the uh, in the pits with him not having the tyres ready, I think he he could have done really well. Oh so, yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, so Daniil gets my shoey this week. Who's next? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out mine. My shoey got the drive of the day. Max Verstappen. He's out. He's outdriven that car. He, he's driving that car better than what it is. He, he beat the Ferraris. It, he just drove, I think, a very good solid race. And, and he just did. kept it in front. And you, and you can't deny him that. Oh, I really Come hate on. to agree with Daniel, but <laughs> oh, Max is my vote too. Yeah. yeah. I, I was oh. really impressed. Like he, he just kept his head down, didn't get caught up in any bullshit. Um, you know, drove his race, drove really well, drove the tits off that car. Um, miles and miles ahead of Pierre Gasly. Uh, yeah, he was. He was so calm about it. You know, and, and the team. You know, I, there was one bit where he was talking to the team about what the Ferrari guys were doing, and I think they were talking about Leclerc's lap times and Leclerc was on the hard tires, and he's like, he's, he's, he's no way he's going to the end. Yeah, 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 like just so confident about it, and, and he's right. He didn't go to the end. He stopped again, but uh, but he drove a really mature yeah, race. He, he's got my mm-hmm. one point. Yeah, alrighty. Well, I, I, look, I actually do agree with you boys, but I'm I'm sticking with Daniel because uh, I I thought he um yeah thought he deserved it. He deserves penalty, it as well. Grid penalty. I don't actually have one at this stage. Um, I'm going to throw one out there. Go on, go on. See you guys first. Oh, yes. Yep. Okay. Why did he get a set? Okay. What did he do? Locking that break up in that in the first or second corner. Oh. That stuffed his whole race. Whole race. 
it then affected Leclerc's. It stuffed up all the team orders. I'm going with Seb. <laughs> I'm going to chime in now. I'm going to pipe up and go go with Seb as well, just because honestly, I could not, I couldn't pick anybody, but that, that's um, that seems completely logical. And um, he was really the only one who did lock up um, to to you know really stuff up anybody else's race. I mean, he could have picked perhaps. Um, I'm going yeah. last roll. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to say. He could have picked, but go on, Mikey. Well, yeah, he should have left room. For the McLaren, he didn't, and I blame him for that accident. I'm sure there's some people that would blame Lando Norris. Um, they were like, you know, they'd been side by side. He knew Norris was there. They were, you know, going at it against each other, and he closed the door on him and ruined two races. And I, I think it was probably more Stroll's fault. Um, I don't think he left enough room, but it was hard. He also had a racing incident. But that to me was more of a racing incident. I don't think it was anyone's real fault. He should have given him room. Oh, so, absolutely. But also so the, the difference between there. Now, let, let's just the, last race, Daniel. You told us um, that the difference between a racing incident and giving a penalty is that for someone to receive a penalty, they must be wholly and solely at fault. Correct. So. What this says is that neither driver were wholly and solely at fault. They were both a little bit wrong. Correct. So, therefore, uh, racing is on box on. Yep. Mm. You, I, yeah. I, I, I thought it was a racing incident. I, look, I can see how you can sit there and say that it's, it was uh, Lance Stroll's fault. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I can also sit there and say that people who say it's Norris's fault. I can see that call as well. Yeah. But We're, they're racing and – you know, Lando wasn't far enough down and on the inside for Lance to, to give him racing all the racing room to get underneath there. Yeah, yeah. I think um, we we both respect your decision to go with um, with Stroll, Mikey, and, and I can see why you, you did it. So, cool. I'll be honest, oh. I don't respect your decision to go with Seb. I, <laughs> I, I think it's just a witch hunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I take the easy route? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I think it's just two guys that harbour a lot of resentment for him beating an Aussie. And, and, you know, now he's an Italian car, so he's an even bigger target, so you just get stuck into it. <laughs> um, yeah, fair enough. That's, um, that's all good. Now, boys, we're going to preview the very next race that's coming up, the Monaco Grand Prix. So... The Monaco Grand Prix, we, uh, I, I think we can all safely say that this is our favourite Grand Prix. Would that no. be right? No. Least or- favourite. Oh, wow. Why do you say that, Okay. Mate? All right. So I, for the his, his, historics of the race, yes, I yep. like the race. Yeah. For actually racing action, it's typically a pretty boring race. It's, I mean, last year with Daniel Ricciardo losing his um, power unit, Yep. and still being able to hold the lead of the race. You know, that to me just shows a track that you can't overtake on. We know that how you qualify is pretty much how you're going to finish. Not necessarily, man. Like the, the pit stops are very critical, you know, at this race. And this is where it's truly a team sport 
at this event because if you uh, if you if your mechanic who's on the front left uses that gun that rattle gun that he should have um, should have ditched to the back of the workshop again and he sticks your front left, you're stuffed, my friend. Or, or um, remember to bring your tyres out for your, your, your driver when he comes into the pit stop a la Daniel Ricciardo 2015. 2016. 16, yeah. sorry. Yeah, 2016, yeah. Um, look, this this track, um, I think it's the epitome of – um, courage and and uh, you know line heartedness and and just putting absolute balls on the line. I don't Qualifying think any, is, is, is exciting in this one. Yeah, there's no track that you really have to have a massive nutsack to drive this racetrack. <laughs> Big pair of kahunas between the legs. Exactly. It's um, you know it's a scary track and and. You know, driving on the limit around the streets of Monaco, um, similarly to Baku, but but this one has obviously got a lot more prestige because it's been around for a long time. It's a principality. It's uh, it's got all the glitz, all the glamour. Um, I'd I'd love to go one day. My brother has has actually been. Um, I think he went in twenty ten or twenty twelve. It was one of the times that Weber won. So, um, Mark mm. Weber has won twice. Um, and Mark, my brother was, was there for, for one of them. Um, he won a trip there. So, um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to get there. And, and I, I think it's an absolute, um, cracker of a race. 2021 box, box, box road trip. I think if someone <laughs> out there is willing to sponsor us, let's, uh, yeah, well, let's, let's do a crowdfunding. <laughs> <laughs> Go fund me. Page. It, it is- Go- it is a hell of a racetrack. Like the that track, is, it just looks sensational. And you're right, the skill you need to navigate that track. Um, the older I get, the more I like Monaco. Mm-hmm. I agree with Daniel where it can be really boring and processional, but uh, there's this real appreciation I have for what the guys do at that track. Um, you know, there's no forgiveness there. You get it wrong, you are done. Yep. Mm. Yep. Race over. Um, from that element, it's really exciting. Qualifying is exciting. Um, the one thing I'll say, I wonder if the cars have just gotten a bit too big for that track, and that's what yeah. makes it hard to overtake. You know, I found myself with Anton's anniversary recently, watching, mm. rewatching that uh, documentary. Mm. I can't help but notice how different the cars are in terms of width and length. Um, yeah, and I wonder whether the cars now they've just overdone it, and <laughs> it just makes it too hard to even attempt anything or do anything. Yeah, uh, and, and that's why it's even more processional now than it had been. Uh, but look, as, as wonderful as the track is, um, my prediction—I know that's where we're going to be talking now. Uh, put, you, you may as well get the constructors' trophy engraved now with Mercedes on it. Um, they're going to win it. They've been sensational at every track. I don't see Ferrari will be nowhere at this track. Red Bull will be better than them, but I don't think Red Bull will have enough in them to challenge Mercedes here. You know what? No, Max that, Mercedes, nah, that Mercedes is just hooked up too well. I don't know, man. Like uh, like Daniel said, I think if – if um, It's not a power track. This Something like this, something like hung, – uh, not hungry um, – yeah, hungry. Uh, this track, hungry. Like these short, low, low speed tracks. 
uh, where the Red that's Bull... What, that's, that's where we just were. We were at a track that, you know, it's a high down force track. Um, the only difference with Spain is, like, you know, all the runoff areas. But I, yeah. I, I really but, think um, Monaco... Mercedes are gonna just they're gonna blow us away, everyone away. You're gonna interesting, see a different little, side of that car. Interesting little fact here, guys, is that Lewis Hamilton's only ever won in Monaco twice. Um, Make it third this weekend. Uh, you think? Weekend. You think so? I, I'd, yeah. I'd call Valtteri to to um, to. He's gonna find out what was wrong with his clutch, and he's gonna he's gonna win the race. Lewis. I'd love to see um, Max actually do it, though. Uh, Max would do it. Max do it. He's got the hunger after last year where he mm-hmm. put it into the wall and didn't have a good race. He'll do it. Just, the Red Bull's uh, the car for it. Whilst we're on the track, guys, interesting to note, I'm just looking at the repeat winners here. Ayrton Senna has won this race six times. Mm-hmm. Graham Hill and Michael Schumacher are tied for fifth, uh, five Five wins each at that track. The great Elaine Prost, the the um, the professor, four wins. Then you've got three guys on three wins: Sterling Moss, Jackie Stewart, and Nico Rosberg. And then, um, yeah, the only only two drivers um, who've got two wins that are still on the grid are Lewis Hamilton and Sebastian Vett, uh, Seb Vettel. The the last to have done that, who's um, just left the the grid, was Mark Webber. So there's some some pretty amazing names on that that um that winners list of repeat winners. Lewis um, is going to go three time winner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's see if that happens. Uh, be be cool if he does, because um, I think he's going to be trying to chase all of these these little um, you know checks on his career. Can he make it six? Probably not. No. But, um, I don't yeah. think he should be around for another six years. Mm, me neither. Oh, don't have, don't, we'd have to win this year and then win a number three. Um, all right, boys, let's sign off. Thank you for joining us, guys. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see you. Is it a week's time for Monaco? Two uh, weeks. Fortnight, two weeks again. Fortnight. Okay, we'll, we'll yeah. see. We'll see everybody out there in um, Formula One world in a, a fortnight's time. Yeah, yeah we'll and be don't back to, to talk about Mercedes' latest win. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget to like and follow our Facebook page, Box 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 uh, Aussie F1 Podcast. Um, and you can join in our little votes and things like that that it will start putting up. I think a little bit more off. And if Box. you want to roast Ferrari too, just drop a drop us a line. Box <laughs> Box Aussie F1 on the Twitter as well, guys. So yeah, feel free to drop us a line there. Um, yeah, and we'll we'll uh, catch you in a fortnight's time. See you, boys. Thank you very much. See you later.